If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. You can see heroes every day going in and out of factory gates. You meet heroes across a counter, and they're on both sides of that counter. There are entrepreneurs with faith in themselves and faith in an idea who create new jobs, new wealth, and opportunity. There are individuals and families whose voluntary gifts support church, charity, culture, art, and education. Their patriotism is quiet but deep. Their values sustain our national life. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. We are a nation under God, and I believe God intended for us to be free. The crisis we are facing today does not require of us the kind of sacrifice so many thousands of others were called upon to make. It does require, however, our best effort and our willingness to believe in ourselves and to believe in our capacity to perform great deeds, to believe that together, with God's help, we can and will resolve the problems which now confront us. And after all, why shouldn't we believe that? We are Americans. Man, how about that? Woo! I tell you what, I am so proud to not only live in America, but I am so proud to be an American. It, uh, it runs my blood hot when I see someone disrespecting the flag or disrespecting our country. I love America. This is the land that I love. You know, this last week, my family and I, we got to go to Georgia and we got to serve um, some families um, that are in ministry by uh, watching uh, their middle school and high schoolers. We got to serve with them. And uh, on that trip, we left, uh, left about a, a day, two days, I guess, two days early. And we got there. We went to Stone Mountain. There's something about Stone Mountain. It had been a long time since I watched the laser show at Stone Mountain. But man, we had such a good time with the kids and you know what? I'm telling you, I left Stone Mountain pumped. I left Stone Mountain so excited, so thankful, so humble, so proud to be an American. I just love the patriotism. I love how they put God in the forefront. You know, without God, uh, we'd be in a tight spot, in a rough spot. In fact, uh, we'd be in a bad spot. And so that's one of the things that I love living here in this area, with all the bases, all the military, these are my kind of people. You know, because freedom isn't free, is it? You have to sacrifice for freedom. 
and I love it. I love living here. There's nowhere else I'd rather live. We had a great time in Atlanta, but I couldn't wait to get home. I couldn't wait, man, where you drive down the road, and there are American flag, American flag, American flag. In our house, we play that game, American, ha- uh, American house. There you go. That'd be a new show, right? New reality show. We play American flag, and here's how it goes. I'll take Jaden to school in the morning. We're driving to school, and we call out the American flag. So you got to pay attention, especially if you're driving. And so uh, I may or may not, since he's not in here, study to find out where those flags are, you know, when he's uh, in school. But, but we'll drive, we'll call, American flag, American flag. I love so many American flags. I love it. I'm so thankful. I love living in this incredible state and in this incredible place, man. There's nothing like it, right? Home of the Blue Angels. I love it. Right? I love the Air Force. I love the Army. I love the Navy. I love the Marines. Thankful. Love the Coast Guard. I love America. I love everything about America. Warts and all. I love America. I love America. This is the land that I love. You know, I've heard people say, man, I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like that. And I've always kind of had the mentality, if you don't like it, leave it. Like, leave it. Like, we're better off without you. If you're going to sit there and complain, you know, you're just going to drain. And, uh, Man, this place is awesome. It is beautiful from coast to coast, from the north to the south, from the south to the north, east to west. I've seen it. It is beautiful. It is America, and we are Americans. And I want to say thank you, God, for our freedom. Do you know that we're called to be free? Do you know that? We're called to be free. I'm so thankful for men and women through the ages up into this present time and looking into the future. For the men and women who have sacrificed so I could be free. Because freedom only comes, only happens, only exists because of sacrifice. Well, welcome to Freedom Sunday. I'm excited to bring a message to you guys today. We're going to go to Galatians 5. We've got a lot to cover, a lot of ground to cover. So I want you to go ahead and get there. Get there. Galatians 5. Galatians 5. Five is where we're going to be. Paul wrote this epistle. He wrote this letter that we're going to talk about today. We're in the fifth chapter of Galatians. Galatians. We're talking about freedom. I mean, America, happy birthday, right? 241 years. Happy birthday. We're celebrating. It's amazing. And if you ask people what you love most about America, if you ask people why they come to America... It's because of our freedom. We were in China in November. We were in China doing a leadership conference in November, this last November. And it was crazy. I mean, we we took the first day. We did a little sightseeing. And we got up on this mountain. And and it was crazy. I mean, from the airport all the way there, people were asking to take our picture with us. You know? And, um, you know, I'm sure Stephanie's used to that. I'm not, you know, I'm not used to that. But, but they were like, man, we were Americans. They wanted their picture taken with an American. Why? We are free. We are free. Thank God Almighty. We are free. Free at last. Well, that's exactly where we pick up today. This is a perfect chapter. In fact, if you wanted to study about freedom, you would go to where we are today, Galatians 5. We're going to talk about freedom in Christ today, freedom in Christ. And so we're going to cover some ground. 
I'm going to ask you out of respect for the word of God to stand. My goal is to get through, but y'all don't have to stand. Um, Everybody else can stand. There you go. Awesome. My goal is to cover Galatians Galatians chapter 5 today. We're going to go through it. There's 26 26 verses in this chapter, and I want to jump right into it because I want to to cover some ground. So freedom in Christ. Thank you for standing. We're not going to read the whole chapter. We're just going to read a little bit, and you may be seated. Galatians 5, freedom in Christ. Paul is the author. Paul penned these words. If you don't remember who he is, he's the one that hated Christians. He persecuted Christians. He was trying to put the fire of God out. He was there when Stephen was martyred. Stephen was the first martyr. His name was Saul back then. And God went after him. See, we don't find God. God finds us. And say, man, I found Jesus. No, you didn't find Jesus as if Jesus was lost. Jesus found you right in the middle, smack dab, in the middle of your sin, in the middle of your guilt, in the middle of my sin, in the middle of my guilt. That's where God found me. And that's where God found you. And there's no other way. Because all sin comes short of the glory of God. You say, well, I don't believe in that. Well, even the heavens declare the glory of God. And the sky screams his creativity. Day unto day, night to night, there is no language, no tribe where God's name is not heard. Now, in Galatians 1, we're going to read these verses. And Paul, who gets radically changed from Saul to Paul. And here's the cool thing today. I I, I know people are here today and, and you don't believe in God or you're not sure what you believe about God. You're confused. You've been told many things about God. You're like, I don't know. I just, I'm here Maybe I believe there is a God, and I don't know what his name is, who he is, what he looks like. I don't have a clue. Well, I just want to say we're glad that you're here. And today, I believe these words will help you. Because Saul, who is killing the Christians, he has an experience with Jesus. He has an encounter with Jesus. And that encounter, I know you're standing, stay with me. That encounter totally, totally, radically changes his life. And when you meet Jesus, you will not be the same. You will not be the same. You cannot meet Jesus and be the same person you were. Now, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about later on, we're going to talk about how we wrestle with our flesh and what our flesh wants. We're going to talk about that and how there's a battle going on between our flesh, right, our sinful nature, and the Spirit of God. When you meet Jesus, you get the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the Spirit of God comes and lives inside of us and changes us. Now, Paul is writing to this church, and he's speaking to these believers. I want you to hear these words in Galatians 5. Let's pick it up in verse 1. And I, I'm, I, I want you, I'm just going to put it out there. We're going to read The very first sentence, curious to see how you react. So Christ has truly set us free. That was okay. That was kind of like a golf clap. That was kind of like, you know, they got on the green. That's a pretty good shot. You know, on a hole in one. You know, let me, let me try it again. I'm going to try to read it better. Let me try to read it better. Let me see here. Maybe I need glasses. So Christ has truly 
set us free. We are free. Did you hear what I said? Christ set us free. He set us free. That is good news. Someone say, that's good news. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's good news. Turn to, turn to the other neighbor and say, that sounds like good news. Right? Turn to the person behind you and say, hey, did you hear? Have you heard? Christ set us free. Christ set us free. We can go home. Thank you very much. Love you. Christ set us free. That's what he did. That's the good news. That's the gospel. The gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And because of Jesus Christ, we have been set free. You say, what are you talking about free? What are you talking about free? Well, hang on. We're going to talk about it today. Now, make sure that you stay free. Someone say, stay free. And don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Oh, man, you can be seated. We're talking about freedom in Christ. I'm going to give you the message today in three words. That's hard to do. You wish I would stop after three words. That's even harder to do. But I'm going to give you the message today in three words. Serve, don't satisfy. That's the message today. The title is called to freedom, but the takeaway, the message, right? The, if we sushi-size it, come on, somebody. If we sushi-size the message and we make it into a takeaway, three words is serve, don't satisfy. We're going to talk about it in just a minute. Now, we're talking about freedom in Christ. Let me speak to Christians today for a minute. As Christians, we have been delivered from the curse that the law pronounced over us as sinners. You see, we were striving unsuccessfully to achieve our own righteousness. And that's where God found us. You say, break that down for me. I can break it down for you. Let me break it down. We were given a law, the Ten Commandments. God said, don't, we did. The law was given to us not for us to keep every one of them. The law was given to us. And you say, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on. The law was given to us. Yeah, God said, don't commit murder. God said, don't lie, right? He said, don't commit adultery, right? But the law was given to us to show us that we were sinners. The law was our schoolmaster, Paul would say in, I believe, Romans, that it would teach us that we would sin and do nothing but sin. We have a sinful nature, right? It's like if you take a dog, that dog is going to bark. We're going to Texas this next week. Jaden is going to camp. We're going out to Fellowship Church, C3. Going to spend some time with some pastors out there. Excited about that. And on the way back, Lord willing, and I believe he's willing. Lord willing, we're going to stop and pick up a puppy. Someone say amen. Amen, amen. Yeah, three years ago, three years ago was a sad day, sad day. We won't go into that story, but had to had to give our Roddy back, and um, and uh, we're going to get a Rottweiler puppy. I'm so excited about it from from literally the greatest breeder in America um, for Rottweilers, and and 
we're going to pick up this little puppy. Now, when you get a puppy, you know what puppies do, right? Especially when you pick them up. You know what they do? They, right? They do that at night, right? And then they, then they bark. You know, it's been funny. My parents got two puppies. They got two puppies at one time, at the same time. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know. I don't know but they got two puppies at one time. And, and, and mom, it's been a handful, hasn't it? It's been a little bit of a handful, right? Right? Why? Why does that puppy do that? Why does that puppy bark? Why is that puppy, why, why you got to train the puppy? Because they're a puppy. They're a dog. You got to train that dog. That's the nature of that dog is to bark. It's the nature of that dog, right? As sinners, we have a sinful nature. And Christ had to do something about our sin. Because the law pronounced us guilty. And then Jesus stepped in. Here's the word, justification. Justification, justified. It's just as if I never sinned. When Jesus died and shed his blood for me, all of a sudden, that was the ticket to heaven. I could not, could not be perfect on this side. There's no way to get to heaven but be perfect. And I couldn't be perfect. So he who was perfect came Continued to be perfect, died a perfect, sinless death. But as he, as he died, he was sinless, being God, but became sinful for you and I so that we could be made right with God. So our right standing with God was given to us. We were, here's another word, redeemed. We were bought back. God said, no, 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 devil, devil has you. I'm going to take you back. I'm going to get you back. As one man, sin entered the world. One man, sin came in and destroyed everything. Now because of one man, Jesus set us straight. Jesus set us right and he died so you and I could be forgiven. Are you with me? That's what we're talking about. So when we're talking about being free here, Christ has set us free. What do you mean? He set us free when the law said you're guilty, you're going to die. You're, you are, I mean, if you broke one of the laws in the Old Testament... One of the laws, you were guilty before a holy God, and that was a fearful thing. So you start with the bad news. Bad news is we're sinners, there's guilt, we're, we're guilty, we're sinful, and then Jesus comes. And this is a really good news. This is why we applauded to the very first sentence, Christ has truly set us free. Why? Because in his dying, we don't have to be striving. Because of his dying, you and I are free. We are free. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So Christ has set us free. So make sure you stay free. Now, what is that talking about? Well, we're going to get there. So if I cannot earn heaven by my good works, if I cannot get to God by my good works, if we're not careful, the devil will try to deceive us. And he'll try to enslave us. That somehow my good works... Give me grace. But grace is unmerited favor. You cannot earn grace. Grace is undeserved. It's God's gift. And it's not of works. Otherwise, we would boast. And so, verse 2. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. No, let me go back and say this. Tied up. Now, make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again into slavery and to the law. Tied up means to be burdened by. It means to be oppressed by or subject to. So listen to it in context. Now make sure that you stay free. How do we stay free? We're going to talk about it. 
and that you don't get tied up, you don't get burdened by what's burdening you today. You don't get oppressed by, is there something oppressing you today? Is there something you're subject to? The only thing we should be subject to is Christ. Otherwise, we're tied up into slavery. He said, listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I say it again. If you are trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. Now, this is not talking about salvation. This is not saying that you fall from salvation, you're no longer saved. It's not what it's talking about. It's saying as a Christian, who it's written to as a Christian, if now all of a sudden I think that by doing the right things I can please God. As if I'm trying to keep God happy with me. God was made happy with me at Calvary. Period. It's a done deal. That's why we started off with Christ has set us free. Period. So we're free. So we get to live like it now. We don't have to live like we're trying to just, we're handcuffed and we're trying to do all this stuff, all these works to make God happy. God is pleased with me for eternity Because of his son, Jesus Christ. That's good news today. That's so good news. So if you, I'm going to say it again. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. I want to ask you the question today. What are you counting on? What? Are you counting on to make you right with God? Now, I want you to think about it. What are you counting on to make you right with God? Your church attendance? Catechism? Bible knowledge? Verses you have memorized? How many Bibles you have in your house? The fact that your grandmother loved Jesus? Your uncle was a deacon? You're a good person? You've never killed anybody? Your good works right now are more than your bad works? What are you counting on to make you right with God? You see, if we went back to Genesis 17, 10 through 14. There's what we call the Abrahamic covenant where God chooses a man and he gets Abram during that time, exalted father is what Abram meant. And God changes his name to Abraham, which means father of many. And he said, I'm gonna make a covenant with you. And this covenant, you're gonna keep all of your days. This covenant is important. And Abraham's part, God was going to bless him. God was going to bless him indeed. God was going to make his seed great. Abram was was 99 years old when God had this conversation with him. And his wife was old, too. Old as dirt. Ain't going to be careful. I don't feel it. And God, God 
has this conversation with him, and he says, hey, man, here's the deal. I want to make a covenant with you. I want to make you a promise. God's a promise maker, and God's a promise keeper. If God's given you a promise, you can mark it down. Doesn't matter how bad, how bleak, how... No, no, no. God will keep his promise. You can highlight that one. You can underline it. You can, you can rest assured God will keep his promise. During that time, God spoke to him and said, this is what you're to do. Every male that you bought... Every male that you will have will be circumcised. There is a cutting away of your skin to show that there's been a cutting away of your heart was symbolic to my heart for God. That's what you're supposed to do. Well, you fast forward. Now, Paul is right to the Galatians, right? He's writing to this church. He's writing these people. And what's happening is these people... They're Gentiles, Gentiles and Jews. Jews were still living underneath the law. And the Jews who had come to Christ were wanting the Gentiles to have to do what they did in order to come to Christ too. And Paul saying, no, 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 no. Christ, Christ fulfilled the law. He was perfect. The test is over. We are free because of Christ. We don't have to live underneath the law anymore because Christ has set us free. In Acts 15, they're having a business meeting and the leaders of the church, they're having this meeting and James, the half-brother of Jesus, James, James speaks up, verse 19, Acts 15, and he says, we should not make it hard for people coming to Christ. For these Gentiles, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. The gospel went forth, thank God, it came to us Gentiles. Because the gospel is the power of God, even to salvation. Are you with me now? So now, these people are still demanding, no, no, you got to behave like this. There we go. Now we're tracking. You say, well, man, this whole thing, you know, you know, I, circumcision thing, I'm, you know. Okay, let's talk about it like this. You gotta, here's the rules. Here's all the rules. You got to follow all the rules. You got to do this. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't. Right? Like how many of you ran from God for a long time because you thought the first thing you'd hear from God was don't? Right? You thought God was just a God that just, oh, just rules, 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 regulations. That's what God was. No, 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 no. Christ set us free. So the atoning sacrifice of Christ, in other words, doesn't benefit anyone who trusts in the law. We're going to read that in, in a minute. It doesn't benefit. So in other words, Christ died for everyone, but if you are trusting in the law, if you're trusting in ceremony, if you're trusting in rituals, if you're trusting in tradition, then it's like Christ died in vain. Because you don't have to do any of that. Are you with me? Now we're going to pick it up. I got to set that first piece. That's kind of like the centerpiece is huge. Listen to this verse. But we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith How do we get it? By faith. The righteousness that God has promised to us. For when we, watch this, when? For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit in being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. What is important is faith. How does faith get understood? Faith expresses itself In love. Oh, we're picking up speed. You are running the race so well. Who has held you back from following the truth? I just want to stop right here and say this. Listen, man, if you were going to play football for the first time this year in high school, I'd say get around the the right people. 
If you say, man, I feel like God wants me to go into law school, I'd say hang around the right people. He said, man, God's calling me. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to Christian college. I'm going to go to public, you know, university. I'd say get around the right people. He said, man, I feel like God's calling me to, you know, um, become a teacher, hang around the right people. Man, I think I'm going to go to Bible college, become a, get around the right people. I'm going into middle school, Pastor Tim, get around the right people. Because the who will affect the you. The who will affect the you. So you better get around the right people. And I'm telling you, I've seen people in church that they've come, they've been in church, and then all of a sudden they like totally like, whoop, change. Not for the good, for the bad. I mean, they drop out. You don't see them. Next thing you know, it's a bad way. It's a bad path. They've made a bad turn. And it's always because They've been around the wrong kind of people. I'll tell you, you better be careful what company you keep. Iron sharpens iron. And if that's true, what's the opposite? So Paul says, you are running the race. Paul many times uses the illustration of runner. Makes me think Paul was a runner. He says, you are running the race so well, who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord. By the way, that's our testimony today. That's our story. I'm trusting the Lord. I am trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. And I want to tell you something. You read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John. John's got a word. He's like, man, there are false prophets out there. There are false teachers out there. In the last days, many people will say, I'm Jesus. You better be careful. Not everyone that says they're Christian is a Christian. Not every sheep who you think is a sheep is a sheep. There's some wolves pretending to be sheep. In fact, John says, don't let them into your house. If they come, they're going to talk to you about the Bible and it doesn't match up with Scripture. Don't even let them in your house. Don't even say, God bless you. Don't do it. Be careful. Why? Because just like yeast, it can spread. He says, verse 11, dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? In other words, they should be on my side, shouldn't they? If I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, by the way, that's the only way salvation comes, is through the cross of Christ. No one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. He's literally saying there in the Greek, I wish they'd cut themselves off, is what he was saying. He's saying, they're telling you, you got to do this to get to God. No, 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 no. No, Jesus has set us free. For you have been called, watch this now, for you've been called, are you getting the theme? Called to freedom. For you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Woo! Oh, now we get into the message. Now we get, now we, we warmed up. Now we write in the message. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to say it with me, serve one another in love. This is our message. 
You see people say, man, I've been I'm set free. I got grace. I got the grace card, Pastor Tim. I, man, I get hello, sin. What's, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I'm free, man. I'm going to heaven. My ticket is punched. We are good. I got my fire insurance. Everything is awesome. Man, God has set me free. I'm free, and I can do whatever I want, and it doesn't matter. No, 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 no. No, no, no. You are free not to satisfy your sinful desires. You are free to serve each other, one another in love. That's what we're free to do. Romans 6 addresses the whole thing. God forbid, right? Like, hey, we're free. Are we free to continue in sin? God forbid. How should we who are free from sin continue or stay or hang out or dwell anymore in sin? We don't wade in sin and get away with it. You with me? We're free to serve one another in love. So the message today is serve, don't satisfy. Serve, don't satisfy. You can remember that, right? Now watch this. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we spent last month talking about it, right? The whole thing. We taught through it. Then we had love month. We served. Isn't that amazing? We're going to show some pictures at the end of this. Why? Because we're free to serve. And if you're not serving, you're swerving. If you are not serving, you're swerving, which makes me think that you're not free. Or that you don't understand your freedom, right? It would kind of be like a 16-year-old who, who got a license, like, oh, yeah, I can drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're not free to go 100 miles an hour down the road. You weren't called to break the law. You were called to have freedom, but there's still limits. There's still limits. Are you with me? So now I love this. Paul picks it up and he says this. Now, he's going to take it a step further. Woo, now, now it hits home. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, someone say, your mouth. Turn to the next person beside you and say, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Man, if the news didn't have our president, I don't know what they talk about. They say, well, it's his own fault. It's this or that. Well, I'm telling you what. We're called to pray for him. I don't agree with everything. I don't agree with everything I do. Right? Did I just say that? Right? Right? We're called not to devour each other. That's the tongue. James, the half-brother of Jesus, would go on and say, how in the world can blessing and cursing come from the same place? Like bittersweet? Like, we're going to praise God on Sunday, we're going to raise our hands, we're going to sing, and then all of a sudden we go to lunch afterwards. How long is it before you start tearing somebody down to make you feel better? Oh, now we're going to talk about living by the Spirit's power. I love this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Someone say amen. You see, the Holy Spirit is our guide. He's our gift. He's our gifted guide. And he guides us. When you get saved, you get the spirit of God. And sin will break your fellowship with God. It does not break your relationship with God. It breaks your fellowship. Here's what I mean. When Jaden, Riley, or Gavin does something wrong, they know they do not become 
I, I don't say you're no longer my son. I say you're in trouble. You're still my son. Will always be my son. You'll always be my son. You'll always be my daughter. But you're in trouble. Are you with me? That's the difference between sonship and fellowship. And the spirit of God is what continues to guide us. So if he guides us, then we won't be doing what our sinful nature craves. You have a sinful nature. My God, I wish I had 20 more minutes. You have a sinful nature. James would say in James chapter 1, let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God is not tempted with evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God doesn't tempt anyone. But every man, every woman is tempted when he or she is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then lust comes, then sin, and then death. Your own lust. Everyone here has your own lust. And we immediately think sexually, right? That, that we're talking about a sexual sin, but it may be different than a sexual sin. Maybe gluttony. Maybe an addiction. You have your own lust. And your own lust will kill you if you let it. If you feed it, that little bitty, little bitty eight, ten inch boa constrictor is not going to hurt you. But you feed it for 20 years. You better watch out. And Paul says this. If we let the Holy Spirit guide us, then we won't do what our sinful nature craves. Because the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Someone once said, hell, the road to hell is paved by good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, number one, boom. I want to tell you something. There is nobody here, nobody here, nobody here. Me, you, nobody here that is above falling into sexual sin. Sexual sin got the strongest man, Samson. Got the closest man to God, a man after God's own heart, David. And the wisest man, Solomon. And sex will mess you up too. When you follow these desires, your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry. That's when anything sits on the throne of your heart besides God. Let's just break that down. That means when something else has your attention more than God does. Sorcery. Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But... It's a great but sentence in the Bible right here. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, 
joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Someone say every. In every part of our lives. To which I'd ask the question today, is the Spirit leading in every part of your life? In every part. Not just the Sunday, fun day. The Monday, (laughs) the Tuesdays, the Wednesdays, in every part. Not just when you're around these people, but when you're at work too. Not just when you're around church folk, when you get to the house. In the last verse, let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. See, all those things try to take away, hinder our freedom. And we are called to freedom. Freedom Sunday is simply about realizing this. We're free. We're free to serve. Serve, don't satisfy. Here's the truth, and here's where, here's where I, I end today. The truth is you can't do both. No man can serve two masters. You're either serving God or you're satisfying your sinful desires. You cannot do them both at the same time. You can't do it. You cannot be, you know, there's a verse in Scripture that says that some have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. You know what that means? It means that some people, some people, man, they got the Bible, they look the part, they go to church, right? That means me, it means you. We've all been there. You could be there right today, that you could be where you're just going going through the motions. You know what happened? If you keep serving your sinful desires, you're going through the motions, your sin will overtake you. One of the hardest things of being a pastor, I can't tell you how many times it happens, and thank God for grace that is greater than our sin. One of the hardest things of being a pastor is being there when people get hijacked by their own sin by their own lust it's a messy thing and I would say to you today as Christians you want to be free then stay free how do we stay free 1 John 1 9 if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Here's what I know. It does not take me very long to sin. I can wake up in the morning. Does not take me. I don't have to schedule my sin. It just kind of seems to already be scheduled. I don't have to think about it. It just happens. 
And when that happens, it's because I'm living in the flesh and not in the power of the Spirit. You see, if we want to make America great again, then it's not the White House, it's your house. It's not the White House, it's my house. That matters. Proverbs 14, 34 says, Godliness makes a nation great, but sin is a disgrace to any people. Godliness is what makes a nation great. Can I show you some pictures real quick? I want to show you some pictures real fast. I just want to brag on you guys because you know what? You guys are amazing. You're truly amazing. This is a church where people serve. I'm not speaking today to a church where we've got to beg people to serve, got to twist their arm and beg them to come serve. I don't have to do that. You are a very serving church. I love the fact that Love Week evolved into Love Month. We got a lot of love because God is love. So what do we do with that love? We share the love. We share the love. And we did share the love. We had approximately 240 people. 240 people serve. 38 different service opportunities. We fed 36 businesses. We had $1,400 donated, not people in the church, but people in the community that don't go to our church because they love what we do. We had 840 man hours. That's like 35 days straight of serving and loving our community. We had, get ready to celebrate, we had, I hate to be the other 4%, but we had 96% community group involvement. That other 4%, Jesus loves you. But you missed it. We fed, or at least invited to feed, all the police officers and all of the firemen from Pensacola to Navarre. And I love this fact that serve opportunities are going to be extended via community groups with us having an outreach once a month. As you look at these pictures, what I see is Galatians 5 that says... For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole command, or excuse me, for the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. With heads bowed and eyes closed. So proud of you guys. So proud of you. So thankful for you. Serving instead of swerving. Maybe you're here today, you're a Christian. You say, Tim, man, I've been swerving. I've been swerving, man. I've been living. I've been living, just doing what I want to do. And you know it. If you're a Christian, man, you know what backslidden feels like. You know what it is to be living for yourself. If you're there today and yet you desire to be free, desire to return to your true love say you know what I'm going to love God 
I'm going to serve God. I'm not going to satisfy my sinful desires. If that's you, I want to just pray for you. Would you raise your hands all over here in Gulf Breeze, in Navarre, at Blackwater, and anyone watching at line, online? Would you just pray right where you are? I'm going to pray for you. Would you pray and just say, God, forgive me. I repent. I, I want to stay free. Help me to stay free. Forgive me for my sin. Help me to stay free. Spirit of God, guide me. I give you permission to guide me, to be my guide. I will listen and I will follow. And then if you're here today and and you're like, man, Tim, I'll be honest. When you're talking about what am I counting on to make me right with God? Man, several of the things you mentioned that were not the answer are the very things I'm counting on. And that's not right. I need to count on him. I need the cross, not my works. And so today I reach out. Today my heart has been touched. Today I accept the fact that I need Jesus. I need his love. I need his forgiveness. If God is calling you right now, you know who you are. You know who you are. Then as a church, we're going to pray what we call a sinner's prayer. We're going to pray it together. It's you praying to God. It's not you praying to me. It's not you becoming a member of this church. It's you right where you are connecting with a holy God. And confessing with your mouth and believing in your heart that Jesus is God. And he died for your sin, was buried, and he rose again. And if you will trust in Christ and in Christ alone. You'll be made right with God. But if you continue to say, I'm trusting in going to church. I'm trusting in being a good person. I'm trusting in my denomination. I'm trusting in any of those things. You'll fall short of the glory of God. But if you'll call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. And I believe today, I believe today there are people who are going to be free today. Today is a day you'll never forget. Today is Freedom Sunday. Is the day that God saved your soul. And if you're ready, pray with me. We pray out loud, Momentum, to encourage those who pray it for the first time. Repeat after me. You say, Dear Jesus, I feel your love. And I accept your love. I say yes to you. I want to be free. Thank you for dying for me. For bleeding for me. So my sins could be washed away. And for rising again. I give you my life. And I receive your life. Teach me how to live. In Jesus name. Amen. Boy, I believe today there's some people called to be free. If you're here and you prayed that prayer, you said yes to God's best, which is Jesus. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand up high. I don't want you to be afraid. I don't want you to be ashamed. Whoever comes to Christ is not ashamed. Jesus said it. I want you to hold it up. We're not going to embarrass you. We're going to give you a gift. We're going to give you a Bible. It's God's love letter to you. I want you to hold it up super high people's hands are already in the air. Come on, Navar. Come on, Blackwater. Let's go, Golf Freeze. On the count of three. One, two, three. Right now. That's right. Hold it up. That's right. 